Here we go. Welcome to another edition of the Hate to See It podcast here this Monday before the Super Bowl, Super Bowl week. Um, this is the first weekend we really didn't have football. If you count the Pro Bowl as football, you need to get, you need to get your head examined. Um, that game yesterday was a complete and utter joke. Um, they got to re- they got to readjust. They got to figure something out because I don't understand how you could even tune in. It was touch football. It wasn't touch football. It was less than touch football. It was basically it was an insult. I think it was an insult to the game. Deion Sanders said it best. He said when it, when when his guys got there, they were proving that they belong. Now, obviously, the times have changed. Guys are getting paid more money, injuries, blah blah. So you know what? I don't blame them. On the other hand, NFL, we got to figure something out or just do away with the game altogether because guys, you know, and we're gonna get to that in a second. Um, but first, we're going to hit the NBA as the first weekend of really no football. Um, the NBA kind of took center stage. Baseball is still in a lockout. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Knicks to start. I think that's the hot topic right now. I mean, obviously, the Nets have the Harden rumors going around. They're hitting a bit of a dry spell, little injuries here and there. Um, but the thing that really irked me from Saturday night, I was watching, I was watching the whole game. You know, you're, you, you take that 20-point lead. And, and things are looking good. Barrett is, is hitting shots. Even, you know, Fournier's playing better. Uh, Randall played really well. Now, Randall obviously knew he had to play well that night because guess what? He knows he's going to get traded probably if he wants out, and he's going to obviously put his best foot forward there and show everybody. Then he tried to fight the, the, uh, the intern on the sideline show with, with, the, with the film. They showed him something that he probably wasn't doing too good, and Randall got really heated. So it's clear that the Atlanta Hawks series has broken Julius Randall beyond repair. Um, he has his spurts, and believe me, I root for the guy left. I really do. I really want to see him do well. I love the fact that he came here. I love the fact that he gave a discount to stay here. I love the fact that he brought us to where we were last year. I love the fact that his family's there. He's, he's very interactive with his son during the games. I think that's great. I feel bad because I think there's just so much on his shoulders. He has cracked under the pressure of this city. And and we got to find a, a suitable part trade partner. And I, I don't think he's going to get traded. And we have till this Thursday. Um, but the one takeaway, we'll get to Randall in a second. The one takeaway I did appreciate, I was although the Knicks blew a 20-point lead and lost, R.J. Barrett showed me something Saturday night. And the Knicks showed me something, too, because guess who was going one-on-one against LeBron? R.J. Barrett. When push came to shove and we needed a stop, guess who was guarding LeBron? R.J. Barrett. Who went right right to the hole against LeBron? R.J. Barrett. So I think that was the best game of his young career, and it says a lot to where he's going to be. With that being said, fellas, how do we feel about this? How are we doing tonight? Not feeling better. Yeah, I was about to say, it could be better. It could be my team that I'm hyped about playing in in the Super Bowl. But, I mean, I'm still excited. This is going to be a good game, whatever. Um, more more head coach rumors and stuff than anything. It's the only thing to get excited about, to be honest. Um, and it's not my team either. We had our exciting head coach thing happen last year. Um so, I mean, I guess you guys are more excited because you have the new guy hype and, you know, the culture change, if if you will. But, I mean, I don't know. This is this is, this is is a rough patch for me uh, up until about Thursday because I'm excited, but I know the game's still six days away. I, I got my sights on basketball now. That's all I could focus my attention on because my, uh, my team looks like it's falling apart a little bit. But, uh, you know. <laughs> Could be worse. Could be worse. We'll, we'll figure out a lot more on Thursday. I got a question for you, Dad. Do you mm-hmm. do you you want Randall gone? 
I, mean, I think at this I, point, I heard your opening. You said you want you kind of still root for him, but is it pass repair? I think I think it's pass repair from a relationship standpoint that he has with that team. I think he is so disconnected to everything. I think he just needs to change the scenery at this point. Um, even even on a night where he's playing well, he's trying to fight the uh, the film guy, who's just showing him a play, and he has to be restrained. So I don't understand that. Now the other night, and I, I we gotta we gotta give Randall credit here. Um, when he was wandering over, I think they were playing the Grizzlies. Yeah, they playing the Grizzlies, and he got teed up or, or whatever it was. He was in their huddle during a timeout, and I'm like to myself, "What the hell is this guy doing? He clearly is just lost his mind, and he just wants to get the hell out of here." If you notice what happened before that, he quickly got into a scuffle with one of the Grizzlies guys, and Randall was going to defend him. So, from a standpoint of his team, I think he's still all in on the team. I just can't for the life of me understand when he starts beating the shit out of the, out of the, the court. With the with the dribble, the dribble doesn't see a double team coming, and then it turns into a disaster that it was two years ago. I I, I mean, what I when I was thinking about this, what I would do if I'm the Knicks if I don't trade him, and Evan might laugh at this, I would have a sit down with him like a Chrissy Moltisanti intervention, mm-hmm. and I would bring in, I would bring in Patrick Ewing, Clyde Frazier, Willis Reed. Even John Starks, Allen Houston, just sit them down at a round table and just try to sift through it because Pat Ewing went through a similar thing where the fans hated him. So you got how he was able to navigate those waters. You, you have the, the guys who won it all, been there, done that, and Clyde and Willis Reed. And Allen Houston had a great success here and knows how to play the media game. So I think if you sit – and maybe, holy shit, maybe you go get Charles Oakley to save us too. And what a, what a beautiful story that would be that Mr. Dolan gets Oakley together and we get, and we get Randall back on happen. track because if you're stuck – it's not happening, but if you're stuck with him, I would throw the kitchen sink at him and just get these guys saying, hey, listen, man, we support you, we're behind you, but you got to do X, Y, and Z to fix yourself. I mean, what would you guys do to try to fix it? Because assuming, worst-case scenario, we're stuck with him. What do you do? I think you got to try and trade him personally. I, I agree. Think, you got to make sure but, it's at the right cost. But I have a question, real quick, for I guess the group. Does do you guys hold any weight in players unfollowing or wiping their team, wiping their social media accounts clean of uh of their team? Because Kyler Murray just did it today, and I know no. Randall did it a couple weeks, a couple days ago. I mean, what, what, why, why would you do that if you if you're all in on the team? I, I. I... I, I think people attach I think people attach social media too much to 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 what's going on. I think you know. Yeah, but them- you could you could you could just not do it. You you followed them in the first place. There's a reason you do it. You go out of your way to do it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're choosing to do it. No one's doing it for you. I mean, for sure. I I just think that I I think they're looking looking too deep into things. You know, that's that's just something to help push a narrative, but. But he's creating the narrative. He did it himself. No one, no one. Did it I agree for with him. Jay. I, I mean, you look at what, what was the equivalent even 10, 15 years ago to but how, but the how, team. You, you, listen to how much you have to do in order to find that out. They don't just, you don't just, they, they, that's not posted anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's it's all over over the just no, it's posted all over the, all over now because it's been circulated. But I'm talking about to initially start that. Think about how much work has to be done in order to, you know what I'm saying? Not like, much. It, it, it's not much, but it's extra. But considering it's weird. It's weird oh, because yeah, it's because extra, because extra. considering people live their lives, you know, without doing that, you know, like I could go completely 
about my day and not care about who Kyler Murray's, you know, um, whoever Kyler Murray decides to, uh, you know, follow or unfollow. That that doesn't make nor break my day. So that's why um, I'm not. No, I, I Jay, I agree with you. I, I don't listen. I think when a guy does that. At, there's so much shit that goes on in an athlete's day to day. Right. By the time he, if he does it at nine o'clock in the morning, for instance, I guarantee you by one, two o'clock in the afternoon, he already forgot he did that. He's right on to the next thing. I don't think Julius Randle's worried about social media right now. I think in his mind, get the hell off social media. I don't. It, it, honestly, so then social media. Media, social go, media is go here. The process. You, social it media more- is exactly what it is. It's social media. Yeah. In reality, here's the reality. He's on the New York Knicks. He's playing in Utah tonight. And uh, oh, and is in Portland tonight. Who would he be playing? Didn't he just have a yeah, fight with Porter not too long ago? No, he he has been hiding from he, the reporters. He wants, out. Than, he wants, he wants out. out. I agree because you know why? He so why are you trying to defend it? Those are those are signs that he wants out. Because guess what? My guy is on my team, and this is the guy that brought us to the playoffs. And I'm also the I'm same, the same guy, guy that, that gave you the finger or the thumbs can down. I, can I say? Can I say? And he apologized. Can I say this though? His agent apologized. If he signed off on find, it. If I can find a suitable replacement or a suitable trade, I trade him. I agree. He needs to go. He needs to go. But if he's here, we got to figure it the fuck out. Or Thibodeau, you got to play Grimes. You got to play quickly more. I mean, quickly makes a mistake. Don't bench him for the whole game. We got to move the Fournier contract. You got to move the Kemba contract, and you got to move the Randall contract. Those are those are two deals you signed this year. You're, I it, understand it's hard to admit it. We sold ourselves to, our souls to the devil for three point shooting. Do you think Tibbs make it makes it through the year before we I move? I think off he does. I think he does. He's back next year. I think it depends on if he plays the young guys because Tibbs is notorious for not playing the young guys. And a suitable replacement. I'm not calling for Tibbs' head. I would love to see Kenny Atkinson if we decide to go young. Oh but, man, that would that would kill me if you guys got Kenny. Oh, he would he would be he's perfect <laughs> for the young teams. He's perfect. He but if Thibodeau can can be patient with these young guys, get Obi on the floor more, get quickly on the floor more, grind, etc. You got a shot here because I think of these because look what happens. And I'm talking a lot. First quarter we blow. Second quarter, the, 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 the seconds come in. They put us back in the game or take the lead. Third quarter, who starts? The starters. We get down bad. We put, the, we put the seconds back in. We get close again. And then all five stooges from the starting lineup are on the bench. We have the worst plus-minus starting lineup in the NBA. And that goes to Thibodeau. your team. I understand that. So, I, you know what? Leon Rose did a hell of a job last year. It's a complete 180 this year. And also, last year was a credit to the fact that guys played way above the back of their, their basketball card. Right, so, to close it off, can we get a quick – does he get traded or not before Thursday? I don't think he moves. I don't think he – I don't, I don't think – because a lot of teams are very nervous about what the hell they're trading for. And then we're going to be like, look, we need, we need something. Some teams are probably just as desperate. I mean, I think, I, I think, yeah. I think you call – I think the Lakers would, would trade Russ for him in a heartbeat. I would say no. Probably. Just, money works just out. for the intangibles, bro. The intangibles of just – He's he, – He's got, he's he's got, got like a little head just, case going right now. So he does. I, 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 would, I would say no. They're not taking and that you, The Hawks – the Hawks broke that man, but the way I see it, 
he just signed that extension. It didn't even kick in yet, and that looks like it could be a dud. So I don't see a team bending over backwards to put Julius Randle on their roster. The same with Fournier. The Knicks kind of buried these themselves into these bad contracts for, you know, I don't know exactly what they were trying to do in this little window. Make sold our souls to the devil for three-point shots. That's what they did. Yeah, you, but what were you they didn't really know trying to accomplish? Talking about Evan Fournier is not a great three-point shooter. He's better than what we had. No, Reggie Bullock is a much better three-point shooter I than agree. Evan Fournier. I agree, but they Reggie wanted more money, and we sh- it's not as much as Fournier, but we should have fucking kept Reggie Bullock at that a little more expensive price that he wanted, and not paid a shit ton for Fournier. Tibbs wanted. Uh, uh, what's his face, Bullock, and guess who Tibbs didn't want, I don't think, Cam Reddish too, because guess what, guys had witness protection because I haven't seen him yet. No, I mean, uh, there was a report out today that he didn't want him. Yeah. I, it's very possible. It, it, Tibbs wants certain type of guys, the, you know, the Derrick Rose guys, the Taj Gibson guys, the gritty guys. Yeah, and he, if he wants guys with no ceiling and, like, they know what he is, but at the end of the day, Unless you have you build three, four superstars. Yeah, like it's not how I you build agree. a team. No shit. So, so he's got to think either he adapts his coaching method or he's gone at the end of the year. Well, then he's going to be gone at the end of the year because he didn't adapt his coaching methods in Chicago. He didn't adapt his co- coaching methods in, in uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. And he's not doing it here. It's not who he is. He doesn't adapt. He is who he is. This I is agree. A fa- this is a fact from a Bulls fan. Let's share, let's, he doesn't change, bro. So you're stuck. He doesn't change, but you love him. But you were good with him, and now you you love him and you hate him. So now we're kind of we got to figure it out. This is this is his dream job, and he's a New Yorker, and he loves the Knicks, and he always wanted to coach the Knicks. And if this is ever going to change, it's going to be now, and it has to be like tonight. Yeah. In Utah nice. at nine o'clock Eastern time, which I don't think it's going to happen. I love Tibbs. I like Tibbs. He's part of the Pat Riley crew. He's part of the last time we were relevant, like. Yeah, Utah. Fuck. Utah. Right, Utah's a good team, though. They are. They're better than us. This, this stretch is bad. <laughs> it this is stretch a, on the yeah, West Coast is yeah. bad. Yeah, any 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 team that takes a West Coast stretch is is in for. It's bad. We're in trouble. Yeah. And, and the Lakers were the game. I thought we were gonna maybe probably pull out because they suck right now, and we lose to them and blow twenty four. I, I, I couldn't anyway, believe it. I could not believe it. I bro. saw it coming a mile away. That's what we do for the third quarter. Third quarter. I almost fell off the chair when I was. So, it was a disaster. All right, so Evan, let's uh, let's shift to the to the Nets. Um, who are also in shambles right now. What's Low going key. on? Give us, Low give us, what is the, what's the prognosis in Brooklyn? The thing is, I don't, I don't know. They're, we're not really getting a clear answer out of anyone. You, got, you see what they do with Woj and Shams, these big trades. We saw this the last time Harden was traded. Shams takes one side, Woj takes the other, and both kind of you know, leverage information on both sides. So on the Woj side, which is clearly – getting some information from the Nets. They say they have not picked up the phone to talk any James Harden. They said Maury called early January, and he said, I'm interested in James. And Mark said, James who? He's like, it's, they're saying they're not interested in trading. And on the other side, you see Sham saying, yeah, the Nets has expressed a willingness to listen to offers, blah, blah, blah. So I really don't know what's happening the way I see this going back and forth is there probably is fire where there's smoke here because why would the Nets be putting out information to combat Shams' information if it was like, well, whatever, we're happy here. There's, no, there's nothing wrong. So I think this is posturing to maybe get a better offer. I don't – I think James Harden is still a net at the end of the day Thursday when the trade deadline is, but I'm not 100% sure. And also just taking a step back, 
I'm not entirely sure if I want James Harden on the Nets at the end of the day Thursday. Because he clearly I he, he does not really show that he wants to be here. Nash says he said he wants to be here. The front office says that, but you know who have we heard him say that? James Harden hasn't said he wants to be here. So you know what? It's not like they'd be getting pennies for James Harden. Ben Simmons is an all-star basketball player. He's a first-team all-defensive guy. He's very good. And you're probably getting Curry back. You're probably getting like a Max or a Thibault back. That's still a championship-contending team, if not a championship-favorite team. You need people that want to be there, that are going to try one on the court. And you know what? James Harden's going to command a five-year, like $300 million deal when the season's over. I'm not entirely sure I want to give him that money. Ben Simmons is probably going to be the better asset within the next 24 months, 18 months. So it might be better for the Nets to just pull this trigger now, depending on what type of shape Simmons is in. But, you know, it's it's just a disaster in general because, you know, Simmons are not they, – they've lost eight straight. They've had Harden and Kyrie for some of these games. They've had Kyrie for others. And they just – they don't look good. They don't look good at all. And Kevin Durant, we know how good he is, but he shouldn't be this important where he's out and everything falls to shambles. Because that's, that's, that's not what you aim to do when you created this team. I got a question. Like, why, why, why does Harden want out? Like, I don't understand. Like, like, I don't understand his thought process, especially Philly as the main dar- target of where he wants to go, supposedly. There's I don't no, understand there's the logic no, There's that. no better situation, bro. That's what I'm saying. Th- there's legit. If, if they're all healthy, they, they, it, it should be. It should be right. Walk, it's a, it's a shoe in. It's a shoe in. And that's what he needs. Kyrie's got one. KD's got one. You would expect maybe one of the other two to come from. I just don't understand the logic behind Harden. Yeah. The only thing logical that I've tried to think is that he likes Philly strip clubs better than New York strip clubs. That's the only logical <laughs> I, thing I can I, find I, out. I, I think it's this. I think he sees that Philly is a little more stable. I think the Kyrie Irving not playing irritates the shit out of him. I really believe that. It's possible, like, but apparently they're saying there's all indications that the vaccine mandate's going to be gone within like the next month or two. Bro. And you can't tell me James Harden's that short-sighted that he can't look like, oh, everything will be fine to come to the playoffs. Because it kind of looks like that's the way it's going to be. He's a smart guy. You can't tell me he sees like, oh, like things are bad now. They're never going to be good ever again, which is, which is not the case. Kevin Durant will be back in two weeks. It looks like Kyrie's going to be able to go full-time within the next six, seven weeks. So there has to be something underlying another reason why he's not happy. And I I can't put my finger on it. I can't explain it. He forced his way out of Houston. We kind of understood why. This is a mystery to me. So regardless of the reason why, if he wants out, if he wants out, you got to get as much as you can from him. You can't let Maury, you know, try to play games. And I trust Sean Marks to make the right decision. The Harden thing looks like a swing and a miss, but you make that trade 10 times out of 10 every single time. And now that it's not working, you know, let's see how good of a GM you are. You got to recover from it. Yeah, you definitely do make it every time. And to go back to, to, to Dario's point before, there's I – don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't think that he's upset with the Kyrie thing because I mean we have to we have to remember who this is. This isn't just any basketball player. This is Kyrie. I think he understands that with Kyrie on the team, they're basically unbeatable. And if all three of them are playing together, that the, the, they shouldn't lose to anyone. It doesn't matter who it is. And 
him not playing now, I don't think bothers him. Of course, if they end up missing Kyrie for whatever for whatever reason in the playoffs, which I don't think is going to happen either, but if for whatever reason, you know, Kyrie doesn't play in the playoffs, then yes, he has reason to be mad. But they're also losing and he can't do it for whatever reason. I've seen him do it in Houston and plenty of times in Houston. I don't know how he can't Even carry. Last year he did it at that yeah, West Coast State. He right. carried him yeah, by I don't, himself, basically. He, he can't carry them right now. And it's like, what, do you do you not want to carry anymore? Do you kind of just want to fit into a role because they have people that can carry besides, you know, outside you of you. can't do that and then ask for a max deal, a five-year max it's, deal. Yeah, so. but see, that's my thing is you just got a max deal. How are you? How are you not out here about to be ready to carry if need be? You know, like you're not asked to if everyone's healthy, but if someone goes down, you have to. Yeah, and like Kevin Durant carried the team in the first part of the year. It's not like James Harden. He did. Asked- yeah, from day one, you have to shoot the ball 30 times. You have to score 40 points every night, which James Harden has done in the past and has thrived in that role. So it's not like it's not like to, you know, I guess it's not asking Chris Paul to score 40 a night. This isn't asking Steve Nash to score 40 a night. This is asking James Harden, who averaged 36 points a game like two years ago to do this. And I don't know if it's he physically can't or he's checked out so he doesn't want to. I don't know. It's it's what happens when you put together these guys with, you know, different personalities and a lot of them are enigmas. I and mean, you can't explain everything that goes on. You know, all I can think about is it's really good for the Nets that Kevin Durant signed that extension over the summer or things would be darker than they are now. I, I personally, I know you and Chu don't care about my opinions, but I, I, I don't want Ben Simmons. I feel like you're going from one guy who's currently quitting on his team, but playing, to another guy who's insulted because his coach said we might he, he wasn't a good point guard when he really sucked. Like, look at, I mean, I get, I I see the upside in Ben Simmons, but I don't, I don't know why you want that whiny, soft attitude if you're getting rid of that. I can't you know what I think? It comes from a, I think it comes from a point here, here, of here's what I think. I think, if, I think it's actually a good move for both teams because you're going to have Ben Simmons going to be like, you know what, I'm going to be a good teammate here and play well out of spite to Philly. And he's coming I to think, a situation where he's going to have Kevin Durant and, like, you know, with the mandates, maybe even Kyrie Irving coming back. And now Kyrie could play the two, which we've seen him be able to do that as well, and have Ben Simmons bring the ball up and wheel and deal to everybody and just play lockdown defense. Yeah, I that's think, it. I, He'll be asked to do so much less than he did in Philly. And you know what? I don't really blame Simmons for not wanting to play in Philadelphia right now. He basically had his own coach saying he doesn't think he's good enough to win in playoff basketball. When if you're the coach, that's not how you inspire confidence. So go in get your the better. Go that's go not how you treat people, though. Yes, it is. Shaq, Shaq literally had a whole ordeal about it. Saying you say that. Like, you said oh, every, Shaq, everyone gets tired. I hate you. I hate sometimes Shaq. Sometimes he's Shaq is the biggest, most sensitive baby when he was a player, and now that he's in the media, he pretends like he was this big, tough guy when he got literally cried over things his entire career. So he's a, he's a big hypocrite. I do love Shaq though, but. Like you're a, yeah. do you at the end of the season when everyone's down on you, do you really want your coach saying, "Yeah, I don't think Ben Simmons is good enough to be a point guard here"? To the I media, think Doc, no, I think Doc is I just think... tired of his bullshit. Is what it comes down to, dude. He he's Evan. That was as bad as bad get that play that playoff series. Come on, 
It was, but when you watch it, 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 it and in the heat of the moment, like, come, like you need more. At the end of the you, day, you're gonna listen. You can be a big boy. You need more. You gotta do more. And, nah, if, and if, 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 listen, I'm team if Ben Simmons. No, if you can't, of course you're team Ben Simmons because you need him. You see, you want him. You need him. Your dream team, much as your big three. Is is a ball hair away from ceasing to exist anymore? And you probably had what two games where they were all three of them on the court at the same time? I think it's sixteen. Whatever the hell. Anyway, which is insane. To think is about. Steve Nash's job secure? Yes or no? No, shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I think it is. What I see from Evan and Chewy. I think it is. If you base yeah, it off, of, if you base it off Evan and Chewy, he he should be gone already. If you base it off, I mean, yeah, I mean, you should have. You know, Kenny Atkinson's a great coach. As long as Kevin Durant still likes him, he's the coach. Yeah, it's, it's really working out good for you guys. So with that being said, um, New York basketball went from being in a good place last year to being in a decent place this year to being a full-blown dumpster, approaching a dumpster fire in all Shambles. five Shambles. Yeah, it's bad over here. Um, we're going to shift our focus here to a flag football game that was disguised as the Pro Bowl. Um, we're going to be quick on this. I mean, the Pro Bowl has been declining every single year, and all, and all the major sports need to figure out how to make their game more interesting. I think MLB does a pretty good job of where it's at. Uh, All-Star Weekend is very good. The NBA has turned into, you know, I like what they're trying to do. They're trying to spice it up with the first to whatever number. Um, at least they're trying. The NFL is not trying. And the sad part is people are still tuning in. I didn't watch a second of it yesterday. I know it was a disaster. Um, I get why players are doing what they're doing. You know, Primetime came on and said on Twitter, you know, when, when, we, went, when we would go, we would want to be like, okay, we deserve, we belong. And we're going to prove that we belong. You know, Sean Teller was laying people out at one point, And you don't see that anymore. Times have changed. I understand that. Ryan and I, albeit at the bar last night, we had, I think we had a very good idea. So, if Ryan, you want to take it and uh, shed some light on the situation to save maybe Goodell's listening. I mean, we said basically it is a glorified flag game. But why don't we transition to a seven-on-seven net? And you have four quarterbacks or three quarterbacks on each team. AFC and NFC, get two more in there, have four, uh, eight, teams, eight teams, and have a little tournament, like 45-minute running clock. You pick your teams, you have a little draft before, draw some interest, and, I mean, the linemen were just standing there, they weren't blocking anyway. You can't, you don't allow a pass rush. It's not football. So let's let's see what the people like. Take the pads off and just go to seven put, on seven. Put flags on them. Yeah, put flags on them. Have eight teams. You can have the quarterback, pair the quarterback with, with an OG. Like, you know, have, have like, you know, I'm not necessarily Deion Sanders because he's coaching, but like have like a Michael Strahan out there. Have like these TV personalities, Tony Romo. Have them come out there and, and they, pick the, the two teams. of them draft a team. They draft the teams. You can, get a, you can even coach them. You have an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator, and you guys call the plays. And whatever the players on the field, they have to listen to whoever's calling the plays. Have the linemen call the plays for all I give a shit if you yeah. want to get them involved. I don't think that's the just linemen play tight end. No, the linemen, no, the linemen. No, just have the center eligible when he yeah, snaps have it. Have him be a lineman. Have him be a lineman, or and the lineman can call the plays on offense. It would be a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. I was put them in the driver's seat. Go ahead, Evan. I was going to suggest have the lineman like call the game. Like most linemen, when you see when you give them a chance, to talk, they're kind of funny, personable guys. So you know, why don't you have them? You know, chop up the game. We don't need to hear some announcer making snide comments about how bad the game is you know have, have the games go on have the linemen chop it up talking about the game so they get everyone involved i don't hate the idea because i don't know i get i get the pro ball is not for us it's kind of more for kids now you get everyone in the same place but at the same time you know you, you got to put together some product i actually do kind of like how they do the 
I don't know if it's a skills challenge anymore, but yeah, the stuff they do the day before, they had the uh, like the catch competition, the dodgeball yeah, is kind of cool. That I watched. That yeah, I actually, the accuracy that, competition. Yeah, that I watched. I didn't. I didn't want to watch the Pro Bowl though. Yeah, feature feature that. Do stuff more like that, and have the you know do just do what they used to do when it was just an entire whole day thing on a Saturday. And you know what? If you want to watch the skill stuff in the morning, you watch that. If you want to watch the seven on seven, seven that ends the day, watch that. You know, you don't have to turn it to something that we all know it's not at this point. I agree. Um, How do we feel about also, it being in Vegas? Well, I was going to get to that right now. It's also a downside you put it in Vegas where you get guys with millions of dollars with literally nothing, nothing, anything seriously, nothing to do. What do you think might happen? Um, Alvin Kamara? He uh, apparently, um, there was an elevator incident that happened the night before at a club. Um, there is camera documentation of Kamara assault, uh, assaulting this guy. Uh, and then he, Kamara was then arrested the next night after the Pro Bowl. So this, uh, I, I've heard multiple sources say this does not look good for, uh, for Alvin. I don't know. Um, Vegas, we, Vegas or not. These guys are adults. You can't say like, "Oh, I can't bring them to Vegas. Someone might get in trouble." No, they're 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 adults. If you can't stop a Pro Bowl from being somewhere, especially if it's Vegas, they're trying to bump it up, obviously, because it's a new stadium in town. You can't say, like, "Oh no, we can't stay there. Some one of these kids might get in trouble." Well, that, You're that an adult. Crowd, you football that games there. A, that has been saying that for before, like, in saying that's why the NFL shouldn't go, and has looking looked pretty correct so far. I mean, look at all the shit that's gone out. Well, I mean, you can get a DUI anywhere. You could beat someone up. In an elevator anywhere. It's not like they're getting beat right. up. Right, right, yeah, right. City. But, yeah, but it doesn't happen everywhere else as frequently as it's happening. There's a lot of temptation. Evan, you're absolutely right. right. There's a lot of temptation yeah. in Vegas. But they're also grown-ass men. They need to control the field. You know, not, I, I would love to go to Vegas with my, with my teammates or friends like they're in the, in the league. I got millions of dollars to spend. I'm going to go gamble. It's a lot of fun. But from a coaching perspective and then like an ownership perspective, it's like, okay, these guys – but they also could do that at any any random time in the offseason at the same time. So it's just it's just a bad situation for Kamara. And what, if it was in Hawaii, okay, what if he went next week and did the same thing? Exactly. So has rough situation. Has, we haven't seen that example in Hawaii or No. In, in a year um, how long have the Raiders been in Vegas? A year now? Two? Yeah, we've seen a lot of disasters. Yeah. It's been very bad. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe maybe Josh McDaniels is gonna steer the ship the right way. Um Moving on here, because the Pro Bowl's a joke. Uh, Houston is going to end up going with, uh, looks like Lovey Smith is going to be the, named the head coach very soon. To me, you know, you, you fire David Culley, fine. You want to fire him. We kind of knew he was a stopgap guy anyway. But what blows my mind is from a continuity standpoint, you are going to hire Lovey Smith. He's going to keep the OC and basically the entire offensive, the entire coaching set intact, just minus David Culley. So Nick Casario, you got all the, you know, the, the preacher up there. Houston going to be Houston, you know? And, you know, the fact that you even had Josh McCown, and maybe Josh McCown interviews very well, but the fact that that guy who has never coached a down of football in the NFL is even in the conversation to be your head coach. And then you go, we love Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith's a really good coach. He's been to a Super Bowl, defensive guy. But why, I don't understand if you're going to hire internally, you're going to hire the guy that Cully brought in anyway. Why not just keep David Cully, who actually out overperformed the shitstorm that you were dealing with last year? What do you guys think? I don't know. I think, 
I think they were going to hire McCown and all the Flores stuff shook him up a little bit. So I think there's like a handshake deal with Lovey Smith that basically what Coley had to deal with. It's like, yeah, you're going to be there, there for a year, maybe two, and then we're going to get the guy we actually want, which is a really bad way to do business if you think about it. It's, you're just, you know, you're throwing away money. I'm sure Lovey Smith, I and mean, we know David Coley got a lot of money. Lovey Smith is going to get a good amount of money. Is, are they but, still paying O'Brien? No, yeah. I think his time ran out. Did it? Uh, uh, I'm not sure. They might be. I think, I think he deserves a little bit of credit for how good of a job he did down there with how shitty, shitty I mean, their remember, at one point, uh, Bill O'Brien was the head coach, president of football operations, owner. That's where they, that's where they messed part, up. President of the parking authority, mayor of Houston, and, and CEO of the stadium. So he did it all. Yeah. So but I imagine he's getting paid. I've seen a lot of clips about the players are actually really hyped up that Lovey is the guy. So maybe Coley wasn't charged, but Lovey was the heart and soul of the coaching staff. Something like that. I don't know. I'm not in that locker room. Obviously, tech, the Texans don't get a ton of publicity. We don't really know what's going on there outside of the big, big thing. The, the day-to-day is kind of, you know, it's not as covered as it is around here. So who knows? Jay, what do you got? Unfortunate. Unfortunate, man. Unfortunate. Especially for me, because how do you how does how does Cully just go and and the, and and all of his guys end up staying. It it just doesn't. These are his guys, but then he loses his job, and everyone else is pretty much staying. Yeah, that's what I don't like either. It, it's if you're gonna if you're gonna remove if you're gonna remove the head coach, you would be under the impression that you know he's gonna bring in his guys, and you know you would. I would think that that would be the right way to do that. Is that if you get rid of a if you get rid of a coach, then you would have to be under the impression that at least OC DC, because regardless of whether or not you know they they're capable of doing the job, those those might not be the guys that you know their superior wants. Um, which is something uh, that people have to live with sometimes. Uh. It just doesn't make sense to me, to be honest. But it, but it doesn't. This it, is it, an it ass backwards organization. Yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't attest well to the organization, which has had issues. I mean, obviously, a lot these past few years, and it doesn't Who'd like it, it. doesn't look like it's getting any better, and it doesn't make any. It's not going to make anyone inclined to want to go there. That that was Evan who said uh, that it could be kind of similar to what just happened with Cully, right? With yeah. The handshake. Yeah, I think. I think I, that's the only that that kind of made sense to oh. me because I, I think the I think even you cannot hire McCown right now. There's no way you can do that because well, I think Cully knew he was a handshake guy the same way I think Lovey might know. But on the other hand, you know, you guys.
to do, at least. I think Houston's going to be right right there for six, seven wins, maybe, hopefully. Um, yeah. They're not I that bad. They they're not that bad. Let's see how many blowouts they've had. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah, I mean, and I you think, think I mean, I would the the thought up. process. I think that I think the the Jags got a little better with their. I think they made an improvement Absolutely. in their head I, coaching. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, um, it's gonna be interesting. Um, you want to shift to New Orleans? Yeah, I mean that that kind of we saw it coming. out, which I'm surprised. I we mean, saw I'm that. Surprised. I, we, knew that yeah. we knew it, but Alan. I mean, like, like I can't. I don't know. That kind of screams. And what was what was the point of even having him in there? How wasn't that a sham interview? I don't you know. I, I, were, were they ever really considering him after so then, Ryan, there's a lawsuit? What is not a sham interview then? I mean, let, let, come on now. That's, what I'm, I'm, Allen, that's what I'm saying. Dennis it, Allen makes sense for this because he, when Sean Payne was out, he coached his ass off and got Tom Brady to curse him out. He was so he, he coached so well. That was probably his first talking point in the interview. Um, Dennis Allen's a coach that has been a head coach and he has, you know, the locker room and I think the guys like him, but I can make the argument for anybody. I mean, you know, is Josh McCown going to say, was this a sham interview for him? No, because they wanted him supposedly, but that's what I'm saying. That was loosely thrown around in the beginning and it was, uh, it's but, kind man, of, yeah, that, that, law, that lawsuit's losing validity as the days get longer. It is, but it isn't, just because at the end of the day, I don't think that – I think that the, the, the main point of the lawsuit is the rule, and I think the rule is where the flaw is. So I think the lawsuit yeah. is still going to – it's still going to pass well, – not pass, but it's it, it's going to go – you know, it's going to run it. Change. Yeah, it's going to run its course because the It's rule not going to win in court, though. There, I mean, uh, no, we should, I wish we had our lawyer to break it down, but he, I think he did the our lawyer? last episode. I don't, I just I I don't know I mean like I would have like I if I'm the Giants I go offer see if Flores wants to be a <laughs> DC or someone anyone I, I don't understand like I'd go check in check in call him see if he wants to be DC I don't think he would ever hey, take it now Hey uh, hey Brian um I know you're you're suing us by name in a in a 56 page lawsuit but um if you want to be the DC man it's yours you know and uh, let me know thanks quick. <laughs> That's hey, Brian, funny. it's John. Again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's me again. I know again. we talked last time. Yeah, yeah. Head coach. Uh, this time, I'm definitely sure you're going to be the DC. You, think, uh, you guys think we ever see him again, coach? Well, we're going to interview no. somebody else. Don't worry. But no. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely no. not. I also think because I don't want to get too much into the Brian. We talked a lot about Brian Flores last week. Um, I also think it's because a lot of his giant story with the Belichick situation is kind of not holding true. Yeah. So, because the Giants released their own timeline and completely dismantled his argument. So, you know, I think you're going to see it's going to be Brian Flores versus the Miami Dolphins, Denver Broncos, and and thirty of the thirty, uh, you know, in the thirty of the thirty-two NFL teams, where the Giants will now be put with the rest of the league, as opposed to being singled out. Right. Um, but I don't want to get too much into that. Yeah. Um, Dennis Allen, you know, I think it's 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 pretty good continuity. I think you're going to keep basically the same thing. You know, with Jameis Winston, who knows? Is, is he, is he going to come back next year and, and play well? Um, and then what, there's one more job still open, correct? Well, the Dolphins. No, I mean, no, the Dolphins no. hired uh, McDaniel. Yeah, the only one that's technically open is Vikings because they can't hire their guy yet. Right. Right. And their, and guy, and the, situation and their guy is who? 
The Rams OC. <clears throat> the Rams OC? Yeah. No DCs. No, I don't think any defensive-minded head coach got hired. Me and Dario went into a discussion about it. Jay, the la- top of your head, can you name the last defensive coach to win a Super Bowl outside of Belichick? Defensive-minded. You can't. Not to- I think not Tomlin, one. right? Yep, there it is. It would be Tomlin. Tomlin, right? Six or or unless you can. No, I think Tomlin. Pete Carroll. Tomlin, Tomlin, when they won the uh, against the Cardinals in was 09. that 2010? Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 09, something like that, right? That was the only that's, one. Yeah, that was and then, years ago. And then, and, and then before that, I would say, uh, what's his name? Bullock. Um, Bullock from oh, he would have had it. No, Brian no, no, uh, Dungy even from. No, Dungy's not. Dungy was at yeah. Dungy was a defensive guy. Let's see. That, I think. And that's what I'm saying. Like that. That before before Tomlin, that's where I would have to go. Defensive. Hey, defensive mind. Mike Tomlin guy. is from the Tony Dungy coaching tree. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. As a coach, uh, Tony Dungy, defensive backs, defense, defense. Yeah, he was a defensive guy his entire career. You know, it throws you off because you're thinking him, Peyton Manning, right, and that high powered offense. But right. really, he was. That, that defense was, was defense, that yeah. defense was lit too. But there yeah. hasn't been many. That's not the way of the NFL now. That's why I think Flores didn't get the Giants' job or other. No, yo, to be honest, OC. to be honest, you just asked the wrong guy. But yes, I know what you're saying because you ask most people and they're not going to come off the top of their head and be like, you "No, know, yeah, me, me and Dario were sitting there after a Pro Bowl conversation. It took us. We named them. We yeah. just we just didn't name Tony Dungy because I in my mind I thought. Just because Peyton Manning, their offense, but yeah, I mean, you guys, that yeah, was a hell of it. Hasn't been one in a while. But I wait, hold on, let, let's let's look at this though. The success of Tony Dungy. I mean, look at that coaching staff that you had on that team. Hold on here. You you had. I mean, it's basically you did have Bruce Arians, the young Bruce Arians on that staff. Yep. Um. You also had who was the old guy that was uh, also on the Buccaneers staff. He was the quarterback coach for Peyton Manning, and he was the. Oh Jesus Christ! It's, it escapes my mind. But you had—I mean, you had guys. I mean, you also had Peyton Manning to boot as well. But you mm-hmm. had a good staff. Mike Tomlin, you know, very good staff around him. And all these coaches—they've had good guys around them. And if you look at Sean McVay, his freaking quarterback coach is now in the Super Bowl against him. Yeah. So I mean, let's 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 think about it here. You know, even if you look at the Coughlin days, Spagnuolo is one of the best defense coordinators in football. It's good trees. On his staff. Yeah, they're great trees. They're great. Belichick, I mean, although his guys don't do well, they're still really good coordinators. Now we get a coordinating job in a heartbeat. Um, you got, I mean, a lot I, of I, them even jump coordinator jobs to get head coaching jobs. I, o- I always go back are. to the staff that had uh, with Jim Fossil and the Giants in the early late 90s, early 2000s. You had Sean Payton and John Fox on the same staff. You know, you go back even to Parcells' staff. It was, it was Belichick. It, yeah, it was, uh, you know, you had Tom Coughlin on that staff, Romeo Crennel. Um, look how deep these staffs go, and these are great football minds. And it's not just the head guy, man. It really comes down to everybody else. So mm-hmm. um, with that being said, I mean, do we want to touch on the game at all? We want to save it all for Thursday. I mean, Thursday's going to be a deep show about just previewing the game here. I think Joe Burrow is lighting up uh, media week so far. It's only Monday. Yeah, let's save it. Let's save it for Thursday. That's what he does. That's what he does. He's a good. Joey he's a bag good, of donuts. He's Joe a good, Shiesty. He's a good. He's definitely. He's a 
you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of showmen on both sides. So this whole week is basically, you know, the media day and all that. It's gonna be a, I think it's gonna be a good time. A lot of a lot of vocal, a lot of vocal guys, um, especially when it comes to even even when it comes to the shit talking. You know, if you want to. Hold on, hey, real quick, real quick, talk about Tony Dungy's coaching tree. Rod Marinelli, uh-huh. Herman Edwards, Lovey Smith, Jim Caldwell, Mike Tomlin, Leslie Frazier, Frank Reich. Like, oh that's the Tony Dungy coaching tree. So, and that's going back to his days even in Tampa Bay, too. But when Mike Tom yeah. was on that staff, Tony yeah. Dungy was the head coach. Yep. So, you got to, you know, you tip your cap to these guys here. That's a tough, yeah, Tony Dungy's tree is mean. It is. That's a mean ass tree. And it's got Jim Caldwell as well. I named Jim Caldwell in there, too. Do you think that's a, a compliment to a coach or maybe? Absolutely. Or it, maybe it, it could you it, could it, t- kind of take it, it as a, a it weakens your own resume because you had such good guys around you, you know. No, Potentially, I, that. Does it weaken, nah, I does mean, it weaken Parcells? No, but I mean, does nah, Belichick? I, it's I the would, opposite. You could make the argument Belichick's so responsible for everything would, going on there that he boosts his OCs. Nah, yeah. I would. That's I the would, only reason I brought that question up. I would just say that out of out of anything, I think it's more or less a testament to the coach. Like if that's. You know, if that's part of their tree, then you know it. It definitely, it's definitely a testament to them because there's some, there's got to be something. You know, if 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 they all have some sort of success in some way, shape, or form, and the only consistent is they're part of the same tree, then there's got to be some sort of fundamental or or something instilled from that consistency that they all have that has contributed you know to their success somehow so i mean and, and and that's just and that's just something that you would have to that you would have to sit there and you know put together once you found out Here. what part what tree that they're part of but i mean it, Here, it goes the, to the coach here's here's the 08 colts tony dungy head coach jim caldwell uh, assistant coach assistant head coach slash quarterbacks coach offensive coordinator was tom moore See, he's the big, he's the big dude, yep. the older dude that was mm-hmm. basically looking yeah, at was Peyton Manning's boy. Um, Clyde Christensen was the, uh, was his wide receiver coach. Clyde Christensen and became the, OC, the uh, assistant offensive coordinator, no, quarterbacks coach for Tom Brady right now down in Tampa Bay mm-hmm. under Byron Leftwich. Um, and that's where that lineage comes from because Bruce Arians was in Indianapolis, a little overlapping with uh, right after Caldwell and Pagano. Right. Um, but it just goes to show you, everybody knows everybody and the coaching trees that work like that. You see where a guy came from and where he's been and it explains a lot. So we got to, you know, don't overlook that. Um, with that being said, I think we're about done here, right? Easy. Can't wait for Thursday, man. Can't wait for Thursday. Pack show. Tune in. Um, full preview of the game. We might have, I might, I'm trying to get Tom Hughes. His schedule is very tight. This is literally his Super Bowl. Um, so we're going to see what we can do. Um, plenty to talk about. Obviously, we're going to preview the game. Uh, some Good. prop bets to talk about, especially if Tom's on. Um, we'll have our picks and basically the whole thing, and we'll talk about it. So I hope, hope you give us a listen. Um, that being said, have everybody have a great, great rest of your day. Yo, don't worry guys, I'm gonna talk to the building tomorrow. We gotta talk.